That's too quiet tonight. Y'all need to make more noise. If we had a baby cry or something. John chapter 11, we're going to read a few verses here beginning with verse 19. The 11th chapter of the Gospel of John. I think uh, most everybody's familiar with uh, John chapter 11. This is where Mary and Martha send for Jesus to come. He delays, and then after three days, he, he makes his way to where they are. Um, Mary and Martha and Lazarus were some of his closest earthly friends. And uh, he whom thou lovest is sick. Why don't you come? And so um, I'm not reading all the chapter, but some of it here beginning with verse, uh, verse number 19. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Lazarus has died. And so this is a funeral meeting, a gathering uh, uh, for, for Mary, Mary and Martha. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming went and met him, but Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. And I know that even now whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this, this? And she saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come unto the world. I'm not going to keep reading. I'm going to paraphrase a little bit of this account because Jesus then goes to the tomb of Lazarus. And, uh, uh, and you, you can see in verse 24 or verse 34, rather, how, uh, how much he loved Lazarus, how much he lo loved him. Where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Been a lot of discussion as to why he wept. I think the best explanation is he just loved Lazarus and he loved Mary and Martha and he saw them grieving and so he was grieving as well. Then said the Jews, behold how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus therefore Again, groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. And Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. And Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou should see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they might 
believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. A lot of people believe that if he hadn't have said, Lazarus, come forth, that everybody in the grave would have come forth. That's how powerful the words of the Lord were. Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. I uh, <clears throat> made mention of the scripture Sunday night that describes the fact that, uh, that Satan knows his time is short. That's why that there are so many people that are under an attack of the enemy. And um, I, I can't even tell you I, how many messages, text messages, phone calls that I have been getting, it seems like in the last couple of weeks, two or three weeks, it's just overwhelming. So many needs. And uh, I can attribute some of that, some of these needs, to the attack of the enemy against good godly people. And uh, Satan knows that his time is short. And so he has come down with great wrath. Revelation 12 and, and 12. He knoweth that he hath but a short time. And so he's come down with great wrath. The last days, there is this increase of demonic attack and even against the people of God. I, I personally do not believe that Christians can be demon-possessed. But I do believe Christians can be oppressed and they can come under the attack of the enemy, under demonic attack of, of the enemy. A verse in Acts chapter 10, it says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Interesting, that word oppressed, it comes from a word that means to, to dominate, to try to dominate or to try to control. And I've just witnessed this over the last several weeks. People under an attack uh, in their minds, discouragement, oppression, all different kinds of of attacks, yes, even coming against the people of God. And again, I don't believe that Christians can be possessed of the devil, but I do believe that you can be oppressed and you, because he wants to attack you, dominate you if he can, and um, to come against you. And all of us, uh, as Christians, we are a target of the enemy. Amen. So it's not just, it's just not... Uh, your emotions. It's not just uh, that you're feeling the pressures uh, of life. Satan is using all these circumstances to attack your faith, to attack your confidence in God. Another verse is 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. That's why Jesus came. Obviously, he came that you can be born again and you can be saved. 
and he wants to destroy the works of the enemy who wants to defeat and destroy and work against you in whatever way that he possibly can. So what does that have to do with John chapter 11? Well, Lazarus came forth alive out of the tomb. He was alive, but he was still bound. He was alive, but he was still in the grave clothes. There was a certain aspect of that miracle, uh, that raising Lazarus from the dead that required that the people obey the voice of Jesus. Amen. Now, it was Jesus that brought him back to life. It was Jesus that, that caused him uh, to overcome uh, death. But notice that, uh, that Jesus said uh, to that crowd of people that were gathered there, first of all, he said, remove the stone. Their responsibility. He's calling them to do it. Move the stone out of the way. And the second uh, thing that he told them to do was take off the grave clothes. Loose him and let him go. And um, as I was reading over this passage of scripture, I was thinking back, back to my early childhood young, as a young person that uh, there were times, I remember the church having what they called deliverance services. You're all looking at me like you don't have any idea what I'm talking about. Deliverance services, where they would designate a service as a time for people that were under this dominating attack of the enemy against their mind, or sometimes against their health, or sometimes against their family, or against their home, against their marriage, or against their finances, whatever it is. And it was obvious that it was a satanic attack. And the church would set aside a time and they would say, this service is about praying uh, and, and seeing these things broken and seeing people set free from the bondages of the enemy. Amen. I believe that's exactly what God wants to do. Amen. With all of these needs and problems, so many that... Uh, it's almost as if I can't pray about all this. There's too many needs, too many problems. And a lot of these things are serious, critical situations that are overwhelming. And it is obvious that uh, it is a demonic attack. Amen. Let me tell you, there is a spirit behind discouragement. There is a spirit that is behind a lot of this attack against in your mind, in your emotions, in what you're, what you're dealing with. And, and I don't mean you need to be set free from demonic control, but I do believe that we need deliverance. We need to be victorious over these attacks of the enemy. People tell me all the time, I'm just, I'm discouraged. I'm depressed. I'm weighed down with all the, the, these problems in my life, and, and uh, a lot of folks would say, well, no, that couldn't be a demonic attack. I can assure you, in many cases, it is. Amen. Amen. It is. You remember the story in Luke chapter 13, where it describes the woman that came to the temple to hear Jesus? Luke 13 and 10, it says, 
Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift her up, her, lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. Now, you can't convince me that this was not a woman who loved God, that did not love God. I believe she did. Anytime, this woman that says she was bowed, she was bowed together. I mean, she was bent over and could not raise herself up. But she still was in the temple. You talk about a level of dedication. She came when all that she could see was the ground. She was bent over. And the Bible says it was a spirit of infirmity against her. Amen. Woman, thou art loose from thine infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Amen. So what was going on here? This was a woman of God who went to the temple. She had to be committed to God and love God. A lot of folks, they get a little sniffle and they don't go to church. This woman is bowed over and can't even raise herself up. She is under this oppressive spirit of infirmity that's attacking her, uh, but yet she still goes to the temple. So I believe there was, a, there was a hunger for more of God. There was a desire in her heart to please the Lord, yet she was oppressed of the enemy. Now, everybody that is sick is not demon-oppressed. Devil oppressed. I'm not suggesting that. But I do believe that more often than we could ever believe that Satan knows his time is short and he's unleashing all of this against the people of God. Let me tell you, it does a great deal of damage to the work of the kingdom of God because we as a, a local church, we have, we've, got a, we've got a ministry to do. And I'm talking about me. I'm talking about all of us collectively. We've got a work to do, a ministry, uh, to have an impact upon the lives of people and on the, the community. We cannot accomplish what God wants us to accomplish if we're dealing with all of these things that the enemy is using to attack us. Amen. And so Lazarus is brought back to life, but he's still bound. It took the power... Uh, and the authority of Jesus Christ to, to set him free. But, but he said to those people, loose him, loose him. So there's a connection in the responsibility of the church to see people delivered. Amen. We have a certain level of responsibility. And I know Jesus is the deliverer. I understand that. But we also have a, a part to play. Amen. And to believe that God is going to set folks free from all the things. I mean, just think about it. Lazarus is alive when he comes out of the tomb. Um, he couldn't really walk. He's bound. He couldn't really talk. He's bound. He couldn't serve. He's bound. He couldn't sing. He was bound. He couldn't witness. He was bound. He had to be loosed. He was alive, but he was still 
bound. And a lot of Christian folks these days, and I'm talking about good, godly people, and of no fault of their own, in most cases, it is just that the enemy has targeted them, targeted them out. For instance, this case with Mark and Anna and Jennifer and their family, I mean, I have, I have witnessed this not just in them, but in many other cases, I have witnessed it, and some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. One member of the family comes under fire, then another member, and then uh, sometimes an entire family comes under this attack of the enemy and the pressure is on and uh, Satan has got them bound where they cannot fulfill their calling, their work, their ministry, what God has called them to do. They're bound by all of these things that the enemy is using against them. Amen. So I don't know what the bondage is in the lives of people. Sometimes it's fear. People are bound by fear. They're bound by unforgiveness. They're bound by habits. They're bound by anger. They're bound by addictions. They're bound by bitterness. They're bound by all these things. And they're, they're in the grip of the enemy. I'm talking about they're believers. They've put their faith and trust in Jesus. They're spiritually alive, but they're also still bound. And they need to be set free. So I'm just convinced that we need to see some deliverances. Amen. We need to see some folks get set free from these attacks of the enemy. And as we call upon the Lord, he is faithful. He is faithful to set folks free. Amen. Now, uh, it might be uh, worry and just overwhelmed with, with fear. I, I don't, all these things that come on us, they are from the enemy. They're from the enemy. They are the attacks of the enemy against us. Jesus said, loose him, let him go. He's alive, but he's still bound. And a lot of good Christian people are under the pressure of the attack of these last days of the enemy. Amen. I faced it. My wife and I have faced it. We've dealt with it where the enemies attacked us in a lot of different ways, attacked our home, attacked our health. And uh, it was obvious. It was obvious. This was Satan's way to try to hinder and stop what God wants to do in our lives. And you may be experiencing the same kind of an attack of the enemy. And if you feel this overwhelming sense of discouragement and and uh, hopelessness, that doesn't come from God. That is an attack of the enemy against your mind, against your faith and your confidence in the Lord. So certainly Jesus, by the power of the Spirit of God, can set anybody free. But at the same time, he delegates to you and me, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, a certain part of this responsibility and that is to believe God and to see people set free uh, and delivered from the power of the enemy. Why does the enemy attack us so much? Well, when you read on in John chapter, uh, the, the next chapter, John chapter 12, in verse 1, this is after Lazarus is set free. 
John 12 and 1. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany where Lazarus, which was, had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There made they a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with them. So he's there. He was in the tomb, but now he's sitting at the table communing with the Lord. Amen. Verse number 9, it says, Much of the people of the Jews therefore knew that he was there. Again, still talking about a Lazarus. And they came not for Jesus' sake only, but, they might, but that they might see Lazarus also, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priest consulted that they might put Lazarus all to, also to death. Can you believe that? I mean, here is this living testimony of the miraculous power of God to set somebody free. And those relig- that religious crowd, what they wanted to do is put him to death. They wanted to kill him. Why? The next verse. Because by reason of him, many of the Jews went away and believed on Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Why do you think that the enemy attacks? He attacks in all these different ways. Through discouragement, through depression, through fear, all these things. What is he attempting to do? He wants to stop the furthering of the kingdom of God. He wants to hinder you from being used of God. He wants your your faith to be diminished and uh, for you not to be able to do the very things that God has called you to do. There's people that are within your reach, people that God wants to use you. And by that I mean every one of us here tonight. You have your own reach. You have your own mission field. You have your own opportunities. And if you are under the attack of the enemy, you cannot do what God has called you to do. That's why we need deliverance. Amen. Amen. So would you pray with me? Would you pray with me? Not only tonight, but in the coming services, that those that are bound by all these different things that the enemy is using against them to to hinder them or to stop them from being what God has called them to be, that we would see some altar services where there is deliverance, where the enemy is put to flight. And God gives victory to a lot of people who are, who are struggling with the attacks of the enemy. Amen. Praise God. doesn't matter what it is. Discouragement, depression. All I know is that Satan gets a grip on the hearts and the minds of people sometimes. And they, they don't feel like they're worth anything. They don't feel like they can do anything. They have been convinced by, the, the, by that spirit, that lying spirit of the enemy, convincing them that they're worthless. They have no value in the kingdom of God. What's the use? Why would, why would I even go to church? I, I am of no value at all. It's just the attack of the enemy against you. We need to see God bringing deliverance. Amen. Amen. And believe in the Lord to set folks free from, from fear and anger and bitterness and all more things than I can even imagine. All I know is that the enemy uses every possible tool he can against the people of God. And he knows his time is short. The Lord is coming soon. He knows that the things are wrapping up and we're coming closer and closer 
to the end of this age. And so let's believe God that in this coming uh, week and the next coming weeks, uh, as we lead up to revival, as we lead up to uh, the Easter season, that we'll see some folks set free, set free, delivered from this attack of the enemy against them. Amen. Would you agree with me? Amen. Amen. Would you just pray with me to that end that we will experience? I'm all for wonderful altar services, and we've had some good ones lately, and I'm grateful uh, for that. I really want to, uh, to see. It's interesting that uh, I this, this John chapter 11 and this whole topic is what I was going to talk about uh, Sunday night in this service, and they get up to sing. I didn't know they were going to sing it. They get up to sing, and they sing the song about Lazarus coming out of the tomb. And so the Spirit of God just kind of takes over in the service, and that's okay. But God is wanting, God is wanting to set some folks free. Amen. Let's believe God. Would you stand with me? Amen. Let's take a moment here uh, 